Okay, cool. You ready to go, mate? Yeah. Awesome. Hey, dads, welcome to episode three of the Dad Lift podcast by Dadversity. Today, we're joined by Luke Mitchell, one of the Dadversity coaches. Luke, how are you? I'm good, thank you. You are right? Yeah, really well, really well. It's good to have you. So Luke is Luke's an online PT. He's based over in, in North Wales, but he's given a lot of value and, and he continues to give a lot of value to the members of Dadversity. So thanks for doing that first and, and foremost, Luke. And today, we've got a really, really interesting topic. We're going to be talking about how emotional stress leads to overeating and and potentially in some cases excess drinking so a really really difficult topic probably for some of the dads listening to this as well we were on that kind of hamster wheel of being really stressed not particularly happy not particularly training maybe drinking too much maybe just eating too much generally this is quite a tough topic to cover Luke isn't it yeah, it's, it's one that's not covered often by a lot of people because I think when it comes to getting into shape or start to work on yourself, it's always the, the food, the exercise. People don't really delve into what's actually holding them back, so the problem behind the problem. And one of the biggest things I found over the years of coaching dads, mums, is it's often down to an emotional stress, why they're over-consuming food, over-consuming alcohol, and then that has a knock-on effect on other areas of life where they're low in energy, they're tired all the time, they're lethargic, and then they're just stuck in this vicious cycle then of craving less nutritious foods, feeling stressed out, and it can be very, very difficult to get out of. And I don't think sometimes people are aware that they're actually in that cycle of emotional eating. Yeah, and do you, and you know what? Just to kind of, I, I know most people are, they hit a point in life, don't they, where they just feel totally pissed off and checked out with what they're they're doing, and they can be people. You know, I, I so I've worked in recruitment now for twelve years, and adversity is very much a, a passion project. But in recruitment, you get to speak to a whole host of people over that time, and even from a personal perspective, like I, I've spoken to people on two hundred and fifty k a year who are totally pissed off, but they can't get away from that world because it's the thing that that finances a lifestyle which they think is a thing that keeps them going in reality you and I know that there's, there's something else behind it and it's not necessarily the money and then you speak to people who are kind of 20 grand a year and super super happy I know from my perspective and we spoke about it before we hit record that you know diversity was always going to become hopefully a full-time thing for me because where I am in my career right now is I hate doing recruitment like I've totally had enough of it but you're you you hit a certain level salary wise it's almost when you've got a family it's almost impossible to step back into a role that pays much less because you have to keep the roof over the heads and the food coming and everything else that goes along with it and so I can very easily see how people start to drink excessively eat excessively when they don't fix the root cause of the problem in their life 100% that they're looking for something from the food, from the alcohol, that's going to give them some sort of escape, some sort of gratification that they're not getting elsewhere in life at the moment. And a lot of the time, it is it is the easy option for a lot of people because in that short term, in that instant when they're feeling stressed, tired, overwhelmed, it makes them feel good when they have that first glass of wine. They kind of have kind of that like ah, moment or when they're eating a nice takeaway, it's tasty in that in that short moment. And it does fill them with gratification. But again, it's a, it's a short-term fix, which isn't really solving the actual reason why they're struggling. Hmm. What 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 are some of the questions that people need to start thinking about when they're 
when they are overeating, over drinking or excessively eating and drinking due to like these stress points in their life? Like what are the, what are the things they need to think about at the start? I, I think it's, it's trying to identify where they are at the moment right now and understanding where they need to go. I think it all comes down to having like a, a clear, concise goal with what they want to achieve, because if they've not got an idea of where they want to go in life, then they've got no kind of vision or route. And let's say, for example, you've got a dad who's maybe stressed, he's overweight, he's out of shape, can't keep up with the kids, and he's drinking excessively, he's over-consuming food. I think the first point of call is for him to have the realisation that he can't carry on like that. He needs to set a clear, concise goal of what he wants to achieve. And then once he's done that, he can start looking at the reasons why he's using alcohol, using food as a way to deal with these emotions, deal with these stresses in life. And it's about kind of just putting a clear plan of action in place to help him overcome that. And more often than not, what I found is with the emotional eating or the drinking is that there's two parts to it. You've got the physical part and you've got the psychological part, especially if you've got somebody who's actively trying to kind of get into shape and keep faltering and failing as well, because a lot of the guys in the diverse community are there because they want to become better. They want to become stronger. They want to become healthier. So the vast majority of the listeners will be in a place where they're trying to kind of get into shape. Uh, and sometimes that can lead them to doing things that aren't necessarily the best for them. So for example, they'll start a new diet, they'll start a new exercise regime on top of all the stress they've got going on in their life right now. And it just keeps adding stress to the pot because when it comes to the amount of stress our body can hold, it doesn't really differentiate between the stress of being in a calorie deficit, the stresses of exercise, the work demands, the stress of being dad, providing for the children, providing for the family dealing with any arguments within relationships, whatever it may be, all this stress is going into one pot and our body can only take a certain amount of stress before it starts to boil over. And that's when we go bang, we want that gratification, i.e. the bottle of wine, a couple of cans, the emotional eating. So it's about figuring out where can we start saving stress, get a most bang for a buck and then plan a way forward for that and what I normally say to people I work with is look at the physical and look at the psychological so I when it comes to the physical instead of trying to starve yourself Monday through to Friday only to end up emotionally eating on the weekend is actually start looking at nourishing your body giving your body the fuel it needs to meet the demand so working full-time maybe getting your runs and like the guys are doing inside the group now doing the 5k a day, which is absolutely amazing. Doing the workouts and just keep up with the kids looking at the hydration and looking at the quality of food as well, because even though it does come down to kind of calories in versus calories out when it comes to losing weight, I think quality of food is massively important as well, because if you eat a load of shit, you're going to feel like shit. So it's got about getting that balance right. And once you've, start working on that that's that's a big chunk of stress that you've kind of got under control because you're nourishing your body you're fueling your body you're hydrating your body and then it's about looking at the the psychological then like looking at the parts of your life that are actually causing you stress causing you overwhelm so is it boredom at the end of the day is it stress due to certain factors in your work is it a lack of quality time with the children is it a lack of quality time with your partner and once you can kind of identify which areas of your life are causing this stress and overwhelm, then we can start putting things in place to overcome it. Ideally, once we eliminate it, best we can. If we can't eliminate it, it's about looking at how we can manage it a lot better. So we're not using food or alcohol as a way to deal 
with these situations. Is that what, one thing you said there was was quite interesting. I think this is probably where a lot of people fail. And I've certainly done it like in various elements of life, not necessarily just physical and, and psychological stuff, but trying to eliminate things too quickly. Is that is that a problem that you generally find with dads or people that you coach in these in these situations? Do they they try and solve excessive drinking just way too quickly? It's like, hey, I'm going to cut it off straight away. And that's just never going to happen, is it? Presumably. Yeah. 100%. I think that's one of the, the, the biggest downfalls for a lot of people. They get an idea in the head, right, I'm going to get into shape. And they just go all in, all guns blazing. And it's a bit like the old nothing mentality, really, where they're either all in or they're all out. So mm. they'll start the week by dieting. They'll cut out the takeaways, they'll cut out the chocolates, they'll cut out the crisps, the alcohol. They'll try and smash the gym four or five times a week. They'll try and hit their 10,000 steps a day. They'll try and hit their hydration. And then by the time it gets to Friday, the body's going, what the hell is going on? And then it just takes one slip up. So they might have that takeaway on a Friday night or have that beer. And then they think, I fucked up now, I've ruined it all. Well, it's Friday, I might as well start again on Monday. And then they get stuck in this vicious cycle then of restrict and binge, restrict and binge, which again is a massive stress on the body, which ultimately leads to that emotional eating more so on the weekends for a lot of people when they have got a kind of bit more freedom, they just kind of let everything go to pot. And again, it is what you said, that, that kind of like going into faster all or nothing approach. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely see that. Uh, I mean, I, I've done it yeah, numerous cycles, like so many times where you just like, right, Monday, Monday, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it starts on Monday and it always does. It always starts on Monday and I'm like, right, Sunday night, is the last bit of chocolate. I am not touching any more chocolate or sugar until Friday night. And it gets to like Monday afternoon at three o'clock and you're just looking at you, you watch going, oh God, I feel so hungry. I'm barely eating today. I've reduced the calories. I've done the, and I just find that I just move way too quickly to try and solve these problems. And it's just not, it just doesn't, it's just not sustainable for me. Maybe it's, I don't know if it's willpower, if that's even a thing or not, but it's just not sustainable for me. I feel like that's what a lot of people probably struggle with. I We we obviously don't get too deep into like the psychological stuff. I, I'm just not kind of qualified to talk about like all the other stuff that goes with it around relationship advice and everything else. So we tend to steer away from, from, from that. But I think it's really, really important that we supply dads with some insight and inform where they can go to go and like have those conversations as well but from a physical perspective which is obviously where you specialize in where should dads go if they're in this position now where they are struggling to or they're overeating excessively they're not moving particularly that much they work like behind a desk like me for example and they're not getting the steps in what's a really good starting point to manage your own expectations from like a physical perspective in terms of how many times it should go to the gym a week, for example? Yeah, hundred percent. So I, I think realistically it's, it's going to be down to an individual basis because what might work for you won't necessarily work for myself or vice versa. So it's about being realistic with yourself really, because if you think about your, your, your journey and for a lot of people, we live in such a fast paced world at the moment. Like for example, if you order something on Amazon, it's going to be here tomorrow. If you want to watch a film, it's a click of a button. When I was a kid, it was blockbuster every other Friday. Do you mean you have to wait two weeks to watch a film? But now we can get things instantaneously. And sometimes we want that from our bodies. We want that from our weight loss. And we forget really how long it's actually taken to kind of get out of shape, 
build up these bad habits of using food, using alcohol as a way to deal with these situations. And sometimes we just expect to undo all that work overnight. So it's, it's about being realistic. So from a, a numerical point of view in terms of weight, like a, a safe point of view would be one to two pounds per week for, for the average. And let's say, for example, if somebody's got two stone to lose, then you're looking at least 28 weeks there as a kind of good good starting point. So you're looking at two stone, you're looking two to three months. And again, that's that's a realistic time frame, maybe in four months. And I think it's set in that time frame and that realistic expectation at the forefront. Because if you don't do that and you don't start seeing results straight away, then that's going to be disheartening for you because sometimes we can put too much emphasis into that scale number and we might have worked the bollocks off all week and then we got on the scales and a lot of people believe like losing a pound is not very good and they get disheartened by that but if you think about it one pound a week over the course of the year is 52 pounds that's three and a half stone pretty much for a lot of people so the starting point is to really have a realistic expectation i think one of the things where a lot of people trip up as well is once they've got a realistic expectation it's just simply getting clear on the reasons why they want to change to begin with, because there's always going to be a crossroads. So, for example, you get to the end of a heavy week, tired, stressed, overwhelmed. Sometimes you've got two options. You've got the option of the commitment you made yourself to cook a nutritious meal, maybe go and do that Friday gym session that you plan to do. Or you've got the easy option of the takeaway, a couple of beers. But when it comes to those scenarios, easy option hard life, hard option, easy life. So in order for us to have the ability to kind of delve into that hard option a little bit more, it's about being clear on the reasons why I want to change. So when I speak to people, I'll always ask them like, what's the reason why you want to lose weight? And they'll often say, well, I want more energy. I want to have more confidence. I want to be an inspiration for my children. And again, very good reasons, but for a lot of people, they've got those reasons in their mind, but they're still faltering and failing. So for me, it's not deep enough for them because if it was, they'd be making these changes. And more often than not, the pain of staying the same is obviously less than the pain of change. So that's why they keep faltering and failing. So it's about really asking ourselves, like, what does it mean to be more confident? What does it mean to have more energy? What does it mean to be an inspiration to our children? And it's just reminding ourselves of how it's actually affecting us. So for, for a lot of the dads that I work with, They'll be wearing baggy hood hoodies, baggy shirts. They'll be covering up. They'll kind of avoid doing meetings in person. They'd much rather hide behind a Zoom camera where they can only see their face. They avoid social events with their friends because, again, they just don't feel themselves. They're getting home from busy day work. They're not doing anything with the kids. They just sit on the sofa. And then because they're tired, they're using the alcohol. Um, they may not be as intimate with a partner anymore because they feel like they're gaining a little bit of weight on the stomach and they feel a bit insecure. And then it's about painting the picture of, well, actually, if I do start achieving these goals, like how much better would my relationship be with my children or my partner? How much more confidence would I have to go out and do things, take my children swimming or push that promotion in work or be a true inspiration to my children? And I think once you've got that clear reason to want to change, that's going to be a massive driving force to keep you going and lean into that discomfort. And the thing is about discomfort, the more we lean into it, the more resilient we become. And it then starts building momentum. And then we start building into a lifestyle habit because we're doing it again and again and again. Just as we wake up every single day and we're brushing our teeth, we don't wake up and think, right, I need to brush my teeth. They're not super motivated to brush our teeth. We just, we just do it. 
But the reason why we do it is because we've done it for so long since being a child that it's just second nature now. So it's about building up these lifestyle habits as well. And I think that's going to be the foundation for anyone that's going to be successful because anybody can lose a couple of stone by starving themselves, getting the steps and going to the gym. If they're not laying the foundation for long-term success, then it's it's not going to get them anywhere kind of long-term, if that makes sense. So once you've kind of looked at the goals, you've looked at the realistic targets and then creating a reason why you want to change, I think that's the foundation for success. And then just looking at the three key drivers that I found working with many dads over the past few years it is one, the food. Again, making sure that you're eating enough food. I think in this day and age, there's so much emphasis on, on calorie deficits and starving yourself that a lot of people forget to actually nourish the body. So again, that takes away big stress from you. So eating the right amount of calories for your body. And again, we need a certain amount. Just increasing your daily movement. Like I see a lot of people saying, oh, you've got to go and get your 10,000 steps a day. But if you're working behind the desk all day and you're averaging 2,000 steps a day, then trying to jump up to 10,000 steps a day is going to be quite overwhelming. If you don't hit it, you're probably going to feel like a failure. And then you're going to think, oh, well, I've not hit it yesterday before. What's the point in trying? So instead of aiming for this, this, this big number that you know in you at the moment, just try and do a little bit than the week before. So let's say you're doing 2,000. Next week, go for 2,005. And then just gradually build it up time and time and again. And then the, the last thing is, is, is up here, the kind of the mindset side of things, because like we touched upon earlier, a lot of people generally know what they need to be doing in terms of eating more nutritiously, getting some more movement in. But if we're not focused on our mindset, our self-care, then when we are feeling stressed, when we are feeling overwhelmed, then we will end up using food or alcohol as a way to deal with these issues. So one thing that I do with my guys in the program is we get them to create what we call a self-care menu. And this is where we have a list on the left-hand side of kind of triggers. So it could be boredom. It could be a stressful day. It could be habit. It could be a negative emotion. And then down the right-hand side, what they have then is an accumulation of different things that they can do that make them feel good in the moment. That gives them that gratification. So whether it's going for a walk with a dog, listening to a feel-good playlist, going for a workout, doing a hobby, meeting up with friends for some coffee. And the more we do this, the more we take a little bit of time for ourselves, mentally and physically, it helps reduce that need then to use food, alcohol as a way to deal with these stresses, to bring down the stress levels. And I think if you follow that format of setting a clear goal, having a realistic expectation, having a clear reason to change, and then making small improvements to nutrition, the movement, and then the mindset, that's what's going to get you moving in the right direction. And then it's about being consistent with that as well. And I think if you build that consistency, that is absolutely key. And one thing to mention is... If you slip up, that's okay. Like we all slip up from time to time. And sometimes it's not about slipping up. It's about kind of how fast you just get back into routine. Because I think for a lot of people, it's not the slip up that's the cause of the issue. It's what happens after that. So they slip up and they go, oh, fuck it. I ruined it all now. I'll start yeah. again. Like we mentioned earlier. But if you slip up and you can reduce it from a Monday to a Saturday, again, you're, you're, you're reducing the amount of damage. And what I say to the guys in my program is, it's like, when you slip up and you then believe you need to carry on over consuming alcohol or food or whatever it may be, it's exactly the same as you driving along in your car, you pop in a tire, getting out going, fuck's sakes, I popped the tire. Do you know what? I'm going to slash the other three now. Might as well. One's popped. You just wouldn't do it. Would you just change the tire and get back into the swing of things? Yeah. No, you're right. And I, I'm like, listening to this is, oh man, it's like, I, I, 
I'm convinced that building this consistency that you talk about there just comes from making real small changes to be to your behaviors initially. So we we you touched on it earlier. We're doing this 5k a day thing throughout August. And it has been for like a non-runner who's semi-unfit, it's been really hard. Like obviously I I can imagine, yeah. Literally pulled my calf and I've not been able to do it like the last couple of days. But I but you know, in hindsight, looking back and just going, actually just do 2k a day just get moving like just get moving and then you can slowly start building and building and building and getting to three and then forcing your way to four and being that right that that feels like a more logical approach and just going right the big overarching goal here is 5k a day it's a big goal and it's it's kind of scary when you when you sat on a door you sat on a treadmill would be a bit silly but when you're when you stood on a treadmill and you can see like 5k staring you in the face and you know it's like half an hour basically isn't it if you're running at a decent pace it's daunting and it's very easy to it's very easy to stop one thing i wanted to ask you about was this self-care menu when you were talking there my mind was going through how dads can take a record of the goals actually that they want to try and achieve and make sure they stay on track because i think that's Again, something that I failed with before is having a goal in my mind one day and just forgetting about it, like just forgetting it exists. Life takes over, things get busy, whatever, something happens, and suddenly a goal just becomes forgotten. So the self-care menu is a really, really interesting way of doing it. So you'd have literally triggers on one side, so the things that can affect your like performance that day, presumably. Yeah, yeah, but, but basically, yeah, so it's going to be individualized to the individual, but yeah, the, the most common kind of like triggers, so it's really having to think about like, when is it you overindulge a bit too much on food, when is it you kind of go for the alcohol or whatever it may be, and having that listed down so you're aware of it, so it's bringing awareness to the issue initially, and then it's just having things in place to kind of help you with what you're looking to achieve, because ultimately, I think sometimes when it comes to the emotional eating or the drinking, it's, it's not the food or alcohol we want. It's, it's that feeling we get from it. It makes us feel good in that short moment. So it's about finding something else that's going to give us that feeling. And sometimes it's a bit of delayed gratification and we just need to remind ourselves of that. So for example, a really good one to explain it is, is, is the workout. Because obviously when you work out, you know it's going to be difficult. You know it's going to be hard. You're going to be sweating. You're going to be in some pain. But once you've done it, it's going to be a fuel factor accomplishment step close towards your goals and how i like to explain to my clients is it's like through like like a boomerang or a slingshot so when it comes to a boomerang or a slingshot obviously when you've got a boomerang when you kind of throw it away what traditionally happens with a boomerang when i throw it it never comes back but traditionally it's supposed to come right back exactly so if you think about alcohol or food is a bit of a boomerang so when you've got a challenge when you've got a stressful situation you get your boomerang you throw it. So obviously the, the stress goes away initially. So you have the alcohol, you have the, the food, it goes away. It makes you feel good in that short moment, but then it comes back. It bites on your ass, tiredness, lethargicness, gaining weight, lowering confidence, so on and so forth. But if you think about a slingshot, when you put something in a slingshot, what would happen to that object once you fire the slingshot? Yeah, it ain't coming back, is it? it ain't coming back. But with a slingshot, it's a bit more effort. Obviously with a slingshot, you've got to pull it back a little bit more so that would be your workout in the short term it's kind of a little bit of an effort but when you let it go you're not going to get that backfire in fact you're going to be a lot closer towards your goals and again slingshots could be anything it could be for some people going for a walk could be a slingshot like kind of getting outside putting a coat on because it's raining but when they get back knowing do you know what? i'm glad i did that now i've hit my step target for the day 
I'm feeling better. I've had some fresh air in my lungs. Another slingshot could be obviously a boomerang and slingshot. Obviously, a boomerang could be hitting that snooze button. I'm not yeah. getting up. A slingshot could be counting down from five and getting up and seizing the day. So it's about identifying what are your boomerangs and what are your slingshots. And I think that's a really good way of looking at for some people as well. Yeah, massively. One way I've done it in the past, just going back to the the whole self-care menu, is creating a little audio kind of vlog, if you will, of, of or audio blog of, of just how I feel at the end of the day. And this yeah. sounds mental, but literally just taking a couple of minutes to speak into your voice notes on your phone and then listening back to that voice note the next day or the end of the week or whatever, just to get a sign of how you're progressing and the mistakes that you're making. And I just find it much easier then to then to then look back and go, actually, that was like, how did I feel at that point? That was a silly thing to do that. You shouldn't have done that. You didn't work hard enough on this day for this reason, or this was the impact from not doing that, or this was a reason you didn't get this job done, or this was a reason you didn't go to the gym. And it's just, it's fascinating listening back to your own kind of story, not in, in real time, but just kind of listening back and figuring out some of the things that you could have done better. And it's kind of interesting. And I, and I think that applies to all things, like even building diversity. I think you know, my intention is to kick off a, a TikTok channel to record some of this progress, like little snapshots of these conversations that we're having today and with Jake and with all the other PTs, Cliff, that we've had on the on the podcast it'll be really really cool to look back at this stuff and realize actually the level of effort that you do put in it does compound over time doesn't it in anything you do and when you said before people probably look at losing a pound in a month and or a week and they go well that wasn't really worth the hassle like i don't know about you but i've seen like videos of people holding a physical pound's worth of weight in the house there's a lot of stuff isn't it yeah, that, 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 that's it. And that's it. And it, it, sometimes it comes into that comparison as well, where you'll see somebody on social media and they're, they're, they've lost five pounds in a week and then you're getting frustrated. But again, like that person might have had uh, a massive engine the night before holding a lot of water weight and then they've dropped a lot of water weight in week one. And sometimes when they're comparing themselves to a snapshot of their best bits and comparing our whole life to their kind of snapshot. Like, yeah, it's been consistent, compounding it, but it's been realistic with it as well. And I think that's that's one of the biggest things for a lot of people is the expectations. A lot of people have got skewed expectations of what they should be achieving. Sometimes, Where did that come from? Is that just a, driven by social and how people look and how easy it is to get access to, like, people who are really successful now, I guess? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a difficult one, really, when it comes to kind of getting into shape. I think... Uh, I think body image comes into quite a lot because you go into social media, you go into Instagram and you see all these people in absolutely incredible shape. But sometimes we need to remember that a lot of these things are going to be Photoshopped. For a lot of the guys, they don't look like that all year round. And it's just like an unrealistic expectation for some people to achieve. Like, again, these people probably have a lot more time to train, to focus on nutrition, whilst you've got most dads, they're working full time. They've got the kids to see to need to keep the, the missus happy or their, their, their partner happy or whatever it may be. So it, it can be quite challenging. We're comparing our lives to somebody who's got a completely different life to us. And again, we can have skewed expectations because of that. And then you've got kind of loads like slimming clubs that I've really emphasized on scale weight. And if you're not losing X amount of weight each week, you're a failure. And sometimes we need to remember that it's not just all about kind of losing weight. It's about how we feel our energy, how we're managing stress, how fast we're getting back on track. 
I think we've got to look at the wins in a variety of different ways rather than just focus on the scales. And it's a, it's a massive battle that I find because I do a lot of lives on social media and a lot of people are just so fixated on, on the scale number. It's absolutely madness how that little number can really set up somebody's day to be either a good day or a bad day. Like you get on the scales and it's gone up, you feel like shit, it's gone down, you're on top of the world. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And that's one of the reasons why I try and put some chef into the lives and social media, because there's so many people out there that have got this, this, this massive misconception of what healthy is. Yeah, no, massively. I totally agree. I totally agree. I do it as well. By the way, I fall into that trap of looking at the scales and, and, and it does, it kicks your ass for the next hour, doesn't it? If you put weight <laughs> on gutted. Cool. Look, this is really, really interesting topic. I think more dads probably struggle with this than we than we care to kind of realise. I, I genuinely, genuinely think that's the case with all the pressures of life. So thanks for, for coming on and, and covering it. Dads can reach out to you. Where's the best place to find you? Obviously, we'll tag you through the, the Dadversity Facebook community. Yeah, so either Instagram, so Luke Mitchell Online Coach, or on Facebook, just search Luke Mitchell, and I'll be on there as well. Awesome. That's really good. Thank you so much for that, Luke. I really appreciate you coming on the on the podcast and, and we'll have you on again soon if, you, if you're up for it. Yeah, no, that'd be absolutely great. Been a pleasure. Awesome. Love it. Thanks, Luke. No problem. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 Bye.